0: Well, good morning. I'm going to start us off with a little brain activity. I'm going to give you a few words, and I would like you to try to figure out what they have in common. There is a common thing among them. Ready? Are you sure? Okay. You are awake. Good. Because, you know, Ryan said you were the awake bunch, but I don't know. Here we go. Let's try it. Tree. Music. Exercise, quiet, work, family. Do you need them again? Tree, music, exercise, quiet, work, family. There is something common amongst all six of those words. So I'm going to give you a minute to think about it. My name is Chris Bickett, and I am one of the pastors here at Northridge. I get the privilege of working with the children in the student ministry. So, I want to say good morning and welcome to all of you. Good morning to those of you watching online. It is great to have you here. So, something you need to know about Northridge is it's a safe place. So, as your brain is still trying to think, don't forget about it. It's a safe place to come, to be challenged, to ask questions, to get in community to develop messy relationships with people. It's a safe place. We come here to try to grow together with our Lord. So we are in a series called Words. It started last week. If you missed it, last week was fear. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. This week we're going to have a new word. We're spending just a little bit of time over the next several weeks looking at one word because words have meaning. Sometimes they have nuanced meanings, sometimes they have multiple meanings, and so we're going to take one word and focus on it. All right, time's up. Any guesses for what is common amongst those six words? They all have branches, branches, good guess. I don't have my candy today, I'm sorry. (laughs) Any other brave guesses? Anything you think might be in common between them? Take a chance, take a risk. Maybe. Say it again? God's gift? Good one. Very good one. Any others? Hmm, okay. Today's word that links all six of these. Is rest. Mm. Do you need the words again? Music, tree, exercise, quiet, work, and family. Rest is a part of all of those words in different ways, but it's very needed for all of them. So today we're going to look at rest. Now obviously the words I picked are not the words you would have picked. So what are some of the words you would pick when you hear rest? What do you associate? What word comes to mind? Shout it out. This time a little bit quicker. (laughs) Pretend you've had your coffee, because I know you have. Sunday. Sleep. Sleep. Food. Food. Say it again. Peace. Nap, you're speaking my love language. Bath. Yes, bath. Lots of good ones. Prayer. Okay, lots of good ones. There are several types of rest. All of these are important. Our bodies need physical rest in order to regenerate. Our minds need a break from stress and tension in order for our body to function. We need sleep and naps in order for us to be able to be at our best. Because even if we get minor deficits... Research has shown it does major impacts to our bodies and to our minds, how we can respond. But what happens when these types of breaks we've been talking about, these types of rest, no longer are restful? The things that we turn to as rest no longer refuel us. When we reach that point where we're not just tired, we're actually weary, like bone, aching, Weary, like I can't go on another day, weary, tired, done, checked out, survival mode, like I just have to get through whatever it is. It happens to all of us, and like I said, all of those types of rest are needed. But there is a deeper rest that we are created for and that we actually long for, whether we recognize it or not. Jesus knew about rest. He knew the bone-aching, weary, checked-out survival mode type of rest was needed. And so this is what he said in Matthew chapter 11. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Because in those days, there were about 600 and some laws that they had to follow in order to be considered good and righteous at that time. 600 laws they were trying not to break in order to be good. Good. Now, we don't have the 600 laws today, but we have that pressure still. Are you burned out? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight 28 through 30. So how would you respond to those first three questions? If Jesus were sitting with you and he said, How are you doing? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out at all? What's your answer? A lot of head nods. And my guess is most of you that aren't nodding your head don't want to because the tears might come. Do you hear what Jesus is offering? Can you hear the invitation in that passage? He's not asking, are you? He's saying, I know you are. Are you willing to come with me and watch and learn so I can give you life? Real life, full life, meaningful life. Are you willing? You see, something bubbles up inside of me when I start listening to this passage because it tells me that Jesus understands and it tells me that no matter how bad and how desperate I feel, how bad the circumstance is, how long it's been going on, that there is hope. Jesus brings us that hope when we are willing to connect and be with him. So contrary to popular thoughts, actions, society setup, here's our first point. Rest is not a suggestion. We go, 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 go all the time. Rest is not a suggestion, according to God. It is a necessity. Jesus said, "Get away with me," and he would show us how to take a real rest. And he knew what rest was because he was there when God created rest. Think back to the beginning of our Bible, Genesis 2, chapter 2. On the seventh day, God rested, or God had finished His work of creation, so He rested from all of His work. The God of the universe that has created everything—beautiful, meaningful, scary. Brent had rattlesnakes. I don't know what's going on. Come on. No, no. God created it, though. And after he did all of that creation, what does it say he did? He, say it, rested. That's a tough word to roll off of our tongue. Say it again. Rested. God rested. He worked, he made everything, and then he rested. And this was so important that the Jewish people in the Old Testament had a rhythm and a routine that fit this. They mimicked and modeled what God set up for them. Work for six days, and on the seventh day, take a rest. Ooh, a whole day. Whole day. It was called Sabbath. Work for six days, rest. Work for six days, rest. Work for six days, rest. That was their routine. That was their life. That was meaningful and important. Because we see in Mark chapter 2:27, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people, to meet the needs and requirements of Sabbath. God did not create Sabbath for us to make a checklist and say, I've done it. God created Sabbath for our needs. It's something that we need to grasp and understand. Pastor Kerry Newhoff said this, I love to work. But God created each of us with limits. I fear being lazy, so I work extra hard. Can any of you identify with that? He said, the best definition of laziness I ever heard was from Stuart Hall. Laziness is resting before you are tired. I'm not always trying, or he says, I'm always trying to push past my limits, but maybe God just doesn't want me to. Are any of you pushing past some limits? In one, two, all areas of your life? It's easy to do, right? We need that one next thing. It's easy to push. But yet we don't want to be seen as lazy. We don't want to be seen as not doing what I should be doing. Carrie knows about this. Because he pushed himself to burnout. Pastor, mega church, doing God's work, he pushed himself to burnout. He knows why it's necessary. So he teaches leaders now about how to have healthy rhythms, about how to rest correctly, about how to take things to God, about setting healthy boundaries. He teaches that. He has a huge following. But listen to what he said while he was learning how to rest or take Sabbath. He said, I get terrified by the idea of a real Sabbath, a day where I produce nothing absolutely nothing, and simply let God be with me. I've had very few days in my life where I did completely nothing. Produced nothing, got distracted by nothing, no sports, no movies, no biking, no reading. And just let me be in the presence of God. Wonder what that would be like? Can you right now imagine what it would be like to take up Jesus' invitation and to rest with him for an entire day? Not producing anything, not for a reason of getting something accomplished, but just to be with him. The second point is rest is not an escape. It's needed for living life fully. This point I did not want to write. You see, I said naps were my love language, and I'm not lying. At all. I love my bed. I like it for sleeping, but I love my bed because when I am stressed out, I will go to my bed and I will get my heating pad and adjust my pillows and put my blanket over me, and I will sit there and I will scroll. And then my dogs will realize I am not somewhere moving around the house, and they know, they know. If she's not moving around the house, she is laying on that bed, and we better too. So they are with me, next to me, sleeping as well. I love naps, but sometimes I use them to escape because there's something that needs to get done that I don't want to do or I'm struggling to do, and so it is easier for me to feel comfortable and warm and snuggled and cuddled by puppies. Rest is not an escape. It's needed for living life fully. We push anything too hard, and what happens to it? It what? It breaks. We push anything too hard, we keep going, we don't do maintenance, it breaks. And if we don't get adequate sleep, our bodies will break. If we don't take adequate mental breaks, our brains will break. If we don't slow down and deal with our emotions and things that have happened to us throughout our lives, we will eventually break. Yet in the Western world, when we get asked the question, how's life going right now? What is our answer? What's our answer? I'm fine. Or, what? Busy. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are things going right now? Busy. We're so busy, there's just so much to do. You wanna know the quickest way to stop a conversation if you don't wanna be in it? Someone says, How are you doing? You go, I'm fine. Life's normal, nothing's happening. What do we talk about? You're not busy? You're not doing something? Like, what do we talk about? I kid you not, somebody asked me this week, What's new? And I stopped, and I thought, and I was like, this week, nothing's new. It's just normal life. I'm just doing normal life. And I kid you not, that conversation stopped for five minutes. So then I was like, ooh, shoot. That was, that was a killer. Uh, what can I say now? So a few weeks ago, <laughs> right, I had to go Digging. A few weeks ago, we did something fantastic. We were in Arizona. It was fabulous, like 80 degrees in sunshine. I just, oh, I would love to go back. But we're busy. Some seasons we can't avoid being busy. I know that. I'm not here to be unrealistic and say, you need to just stop life and slow down. I would love it sometimes if we could do that, but we can't. We have things in life that we have to do. We have things that require our attention and our focus, and sometimes things slip in that are not of our doing that have to be addressed. I realize life can be busy in seasons and stressful and hard. I also realize we choose to add things to make ourselves busy, whether we recognize it or not. You see, busy becomes a problem When we use it as a gauge for how fully we're living our life because we're busy, or when we avoid looking inside ourselves, Busy for being busy is not healthy. Annie F. Downs um, is a pastor, well she's not a pastor, she's a speaker, she does um, interviews, she acts like a pastor, she basically is a pastor, she just doesn't have the title pastor. She was interviewing a gentleman named Pastor Mark, John Mark Comer. He does a lot of work on Sabbath and resting and why it's important. Uh, if you want to do some research, if you want to jump deep into it, John Mark Comer is a person that you want to look up. He has some books about it. As she was interviewing him, he was talking about how important Sabbath is, but he was also talking about some of the obstacles that keep people from growing in their faith. Now, I'm going to assume that most of us in this room are interested in growing in our faith, or we wouldn't be here. Okay? So, again, the statement that he makes is profound, and it really stinks. Listen to what he says. He says, to quote my therapist... People are just too busy to live emotionally healthy and spiritually rich lives. Dang. Like, people can't become emotionally healthy or spiritually mature because their lifestyle is literally so fast. If you're having a hard time processing this, read the next part with me. They literally are moving too fast to follow Jesus. They can be a Christian. They can believe in God. They can even go to church. But they're not actually abiding as Jesus said. I tell you, that is a stinging indictment for me. It may not be for you, but for me, hmm. Ouch. You see, abiding means something that continues for a long time without changing. So what Jesus is saying is, come be with me. Come be with me. Long stretches, long term. Make it part of a regular rhythm of your life. And we are so busy that we can't do it. Because we can't fit one more thing in our day or our schedule. The way it is right now. When we don't abide with Jesus, we feel the need to escape. When we feel the need to escape, we open the door to temptations and addictions and unhealthy habits. We begin living in a stress cycle because we know there's something that we should be doing and we don't do it. So we feel guilt and shame. And then because we feel guilty and shameful, we need to do something to get rid of those feelings. So we do a quick fix, whatever your quick fix is. And then we feel bad that we did the quick fix because we knew it wasn't the right choice. And we feel guilt and shame about a quick fix, and we start that cycle all over again. It could be one more bite. Could be one more purchase. Could be one more website. Could be one more nap. Could be one more drink, one more relationship, one more fill in the blank. We all have one. The thing that feels good is the quick fix in the moment. Is ultimately damaging and hurting us. Whatever you're feeling right now, if it's not, I can do something to change it because Jesus says I can, it's from the enemy. Lies of the enemy tell us that we are not worthy, we cannot change, it won't get better, you screwed this up, you fix it. Lies from the enemy. The guilt and the shame are from the enemy. Jesus is very clear in his word, come to me just as you are. Come be with me. We can get out of these stress cycles if we go to Jesus. So don't get stuck right now in that lie of guilt and shame and unworthy. Set it aside. Jesus knows that we all have struggles. That is why he came, to save us. Found a picture that I feel depicts our situation pretty well. Take a look at it. Would you agree? I mean, our wagons are full and we are pushing with those square wheels. No thanks, we're too busy. And Jesus is like, hey, round wheels, <laughs> the mother of inventions. You guys want round wheels. Like, if I was really tech-savvy, I would have written, like, Sabbath around the wheels, but I'm not tech-savvy. I just was like, here you go, put it up there. Right? Jesus is offering us round wheels, and we're like, no thanks, got it. Wagon's full, moving forward, I got it. It's too much effort. Like, oh, this is so heavy, I got to keep moving, can't stop. Cannot stop, right? Jesus made us a promise. We read it earlier, Matthew 11:30, "Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly." Round wheels. He's not saying I get rid of everything in your cart. He's saying round wheels. Your square wheels are digging and churning and making it more difficult. Round wheels, me. We can reduce or eliminate the need to escape by taking time to rest with God regularly. It appears counterproductive because we have to stop doing. It feels guilt-inducing and it feels lazy when we say, I'm going to take a day with God. It feels guilt-inducing and lazy when we say, I'm going to spend 20 minutes or an hour with God. And yet he's calling us to spend that time. And here's why. Rest with God is actually preparation. It's preparation for living life fully, not an escape from life. It changes our perspective when we take time to be with God. It allows us to see what God is doing in our life. It allows us to listen to him speak to us what we need to change in our life. It allows us to hear what he is saying he has in store for us and how he wants us to walk with him. Rest is preparation. Rest is actually work. It may be the hardest work you ever do. Rest is preparation. And our third point, rest is not isolation. It's a time for connection. When we're stressed and we're tired, when we're weary, most of us want to go home to our safe and comfortable place, right? We need to get away by ourselves for a little bit. A few exceptions that are extremely extroverted and that, like, thrive off of people. We won't mention names, Pastor Brent, it's okay. But when you thrive with people, you're all good with people. So sometimes that rest is hard because you're not with people. But those of us that love being around people but get tired and drained by people need to go home and be by ourselves to rest and recharge. That's normal. That's healthy. That's needed. When I choose to go home and rest and recharge and my batteries are refilled and I continue to stay home by myself away from people, that becomes isolation. That becomes unhealthy. The pandemic has reset our standards. We used to go home and recharge, and then we would go back out and do something else with people. Now we go home and recharge, and we stay home, and our battery drains, and we can't figure out what's happening because we don't go back out and reconnect with people. We need to reset again. We need to go home and recharge, but then we need to recognize we need to go and be with people that can build into us, that can encourage us, that can love us, that we can do life with and have fun. Because notice the bold words from the passage that we read at the beginning. Come with me. Get away with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. What do all of those words have in common? This one's not a trick. It's in front of you. What do they all have in common? They are verbs. They are verbs. Oh, you brainy people. <laughs> my goodness, you're going above my pay grade. Get away with me. Doing it together. Walk with me. Work with me. Jesus is saying, do it with me. Not you stop life completely, do your six days of work, but do it with me. And then come rest with me so you can go out and work with me again reconnect we connect with god and then we are able to connect with people because the holy trinity is always together three in one god the father the son and the holy spirit they are telling us we need others in our lives We see this when Jesus was with his disciples, and he was preparing them for his leaving. And so he was teaching them how to minister to people. And then he said, I'm going to send you out two by two. Notice two by two. He didn't say, go to your cities by yourself and do this. He sent them out two by two. Connection, community. And he said, go heal, cast out demons. And so this is the report that they bring back, Mark chapter 6. Starting in verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told them all they had done and taught. And then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a what place? Quiet place. And do what? Rest a while. Sabbath? He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Spoiler alert, when they get to the other side, people are there. Their quiet time was cut short. But do you see what Jesus is doing? The ones he is directly teaching, he's saying, hey, you know what, we need to debrief here. We need to hear what's going on. Like, they're trying to tell this to Jesus, and he can't hear what's going on because of all of the noise, all of the extra things going on. And so Jesus says, you know what, come with me to a quiet place, and let's talk and debrief. Solitude is sometimes necessary for us to disconnect from the noise of life so that we can hear God's voice above all others. When we are in our normal world, in our normal environments, we hear lots of other voices telling us what we should do, what we shouldn't do, who we are. And I hate to tell you this, but a lot of those voices are lies. A lot of them are not telling you what you need to actually hear. So that will come when we spend time with God. When we get quiet, when we turn off the noise, when we just listen to him, we can connect with God. So I know you're like, all right, Chris, this has all been great, fantastic, kind of a bummer, actually. We're pretty depressed. So what are some things that we can do? Because we know rest is needed. It's essential. We know that we shouldn't be escaping and isolating. That we should be resting with God. And that it allows us to connect with people. So here's some things. First thing. Get this settled in your mind and in your heart. Rest is holy. We consider going to Easter services, Christmas services, holy, right? We're honoring and celebrating Jesus. But our regular, consistent times of rest with God are holy. We always stop at Genesis 2-2 and say God rested on the seventh day. That is fantastic. Look at verse 3. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. It does not say God blessed it because of all he created. God rested and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from everything he did. So if we are going to spend some holy time with God, we need to get some quiet time with him. I cannot tell you how many times I have pushed God aside because I deem that my priorities are more important than him. What I'm doing, my wagon full of things I need to do, I need to accomplish, I need to be, I need to blah, 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 blah. Three kids, a job, family, friends, life, right? Full wagons, square wheels. So how can we rest? I'm going to give you some things that we can do. There is not one prescribed way. If there was, I would know it, and I would give it to you. Rest, holy rest with God is as personal as you are unique from me. Because God knows what we each need. So in and through some of these things, you may find what works for you. Spoiler alert, there will be something that works for you. If you have tried and it hasn't worked yet, try again. It's like my kids looking for their shoes. They're there. Trust me. You can find them. Here's the first set. These are going to be familiar. These are not new to anybody. Spend time in silence. Oh, so hard. So very hard. Spend time in solitude. Get away from other people. Be by yourself with God. Again, so hard. Take some time to actually read scripture. Like, just read it. If the translation that you have feels horribly hard to read. If you're reading the New King James Version, you're like, I don't get it. It's above my pay grade. We're talking verbs. Get a different translation. Get the message. Get the New Living Translation. Get the New International Version. Read through a few of them and see what clicks for you. They're all God's Word. They're just put into different forms so that we can find one that works for us to understand. Read a scripture. There's other writings that are out there that point us towards God. Read those. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. Now, if prayer is the only thing you're doing and you need a nap, don't pray. Give it up. Take a nap. When you wake up, then you can pray. All right? Here's another set. This set seems counterintuitive, counterproductive, counter-whatever to the set we just read because we just told you silence and solitude, get away and pray. This set, listen to worship music. Chris, you just said silence. But remember I said there's something for everybody. If you cannot be alone because you are so in your head in the silence that you cannot shut it off to connect with God, put on some worship music to get words of truth going into your head that you can focus on instead. Spend time in places that draw you near to God. We know Pastor Brent loves the mountains. I love the mountains. But I tell you what, when we were in Phoenix just recently, we went to the Grand Canyon, and that is majestic. Like, I was expecting to go and to be like, this is great. But I got there, and I was like, this is, like, amazing. This doesn't even look picturesque. This looks fake because it is so beautiful. It was time to connect with God. Spend time connecting with your people that bring life to you. You know who those are. You also know the ones that drain life from you. It's okay to not spend every waking minute with them. Disconnect from all of your connections. Don't just silence your phone, put it in a different room. Shut off your notifications. Turn your computer off. Log out of your work account. Get off of social media. Whatever is keeping you connected and on, 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 turn it off for some time. Then you can go back after you've had that time of rest. I have a love-hate relationship with the last one. Play. Some people, you sevens on the Enneagram, love to play. Everything about life is play and fun and spontaneity and let's do and let's go and like I have a thousand ideas for you. I love you. I love you so much because I am not that My kids are the ones that are like, Mom, our friends are doing this and this and this on spring break. What are we doing? And I'm like, spring break? (laughs) You're with me all day. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, that's a response too. (laughs) Play is so important and it is holy. If we cannot play, we are taking ourselves too seriously and God not seriously enough ken davis if we cannot play and laugh at ourselves we are taking ourselves too seriously because we're not that good people no matter how good you are you're not that good but god is we need to play and we need to have fun because god created that for us and so we need to take time away from the seriousness and the busyness and the escaping in order to play and connect with god Some suggestions that I heard while I was listening with Annie and John Mark talk was if you work with your mind, if your work time is with your mind, when you Sabbath and take rest, do something with your hands. Do something creative, woodworking, anything creative. I'm drawing a blank because I'm not creative in that way. Play, play people, go play. Find the sevens, ask them to help you. Seriously. Um, But if you work with your hands all the time, when you Sabbath, take a break from that and Sabbath with your mind. Do a puzzle, do crossword, do challenging games. Do the opposite in rest of what you do when you are on all the time for working. Here's the deal. These things are really important, super important. There's some fun ones in there. There's some hard ones in there. And the hard ones, hang with me for just a little bit longer, might get a little bit harder, and here's why. Carrie Newhouse said this about taking Sabbath. Hang on. When you take a real break, the quiet outside of you reveals the disquiet inside of you. All the feelers in the room want to check out right now. Inside the silence, you'll discover a wealth of things. Issues you need to work through, fears you need to confront, Possibilities that you've never dreamed of, and you, undistracted, uninterrupted, and fully present with God. If you don't give in to the discomfort, and you linger in the silence and the quiet long enough, you will find peace. Until we are able to spend time with God and work on those things and hear from him about possibilities that are beyond our imagination for us, we will not have peace, God's peace. Some of you may say, that's really scary, and I don't know how to start, and I don't want to start. That's okay. I get you. Here are three questions that you can ask to start your quiet times with God. They come from a, a ministry called Flag Ministries. The first one, Lord, will you show me how much you love me and what love looks like? Show me how much you love me. Because here's my guess. If you are like me, your busyness is for a purpose and producing things, but it's also a means of escaping, slowing down to look inside long enough to say this is what I need to address because it's not good. It's not healthy. We don't slow down long enough because we feel like we're not worthy of God's time and God's love. Remember when I said the enemy will tell you lies. We combat those lies by knowing God's truth, how much he loves us, how we can receive it. The second one, show me what's blocking me from receiving your love. Third one, will you show me how to enjoy your love without holding back without doubt, and without fear. Some of us are afraid of what we will find in that quiet space because it could be painful. It could hurt. It could require change that we don't want to do because we don't have the energy to do it. But God is saying, if you do it with me, I will show you and guide you And ultimately, I will heal you so you can have a full life. I'm guessing some of you are frustrated with me right now. I'm not okay with you being frustrated with me. because I want you to like me, if I'm honest. I want you to walk away and say, that was great, and it made such an impact on my life, and we're gonna go get them today. But I'm guessing some of you are frustrated. And I'm guessing some of you may be a little angry. And I'm guessing some of you are saying, what time are we done? Don't you normally end early? (laughs) But I can't let that be my gauge. Because when I spent time with God this week doing the hard listening and the quiet, he said, my truth is more important than how you feel about what people think about you. I don't want you coming up to me after service and saying, Chris, that was so great, thank you. I want you to walk out of service saying, God, how can I spend time with you? Because that's what matters in my life. That is what's most important, is His truth. I'm guessing some of you are frustrated with me because I can't decide what to do with this stupid stool. most days that would be what i do all the time if i'm honest in my kitchen up down up down up down up down step on the stool to like raise the blinds cuz they're too high if i need to get something and then i set it down and then it's in the way so i need to move it to the side because i need to get into that cabinet and then i have to move it again because i put it in front of the other stupid cabinet It doesn't have like an actual home in our kitchen. It floats because there's not a space to like tuck it. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. When friends come over, because I like to have friends come over, they'll sit on the stool sometimes and talk with me while I get things done. But usually the couches are more comfortable. So everybody ends up out in the couches and the stool ends up empty. And I get a little frustrated because I'm doing things, getting ready, I'm doing things to hide the clutter, you know. I'm doing things to, like, do what needs to be done. And my friends are in the living room, who came over to connect and catch up. And I'm in the kitchen, and they're in the living room talking. How's this working again? I very rarely sit on this stool. I very rarely go and sit in the living room to do what I ask people to come over to do. Because I'm busy doing instead of busy being with. And I was so mad at God this week. Because this dang stool now is a reminder of my relationship with God. Mm Mm-hmm. How I don't take the time to rest with him. Sucks. Can I say that? It sucks. But here's what he said. As ugly and beat up as his stool is, it's not stage presentation quality. His purpose is for me to sit. I can use it for the other things, but his purpose is to sit. And so now, instead of this being a reminder of how much I'm failing at resting with God the stool becomes my invitation when I see it in my kitchen to stop and rest with God. I invite you to think about what it is That came to mind during the service because God brought something to mind for you. And maybe it's frustrating or it's angering. If it's condemning, it's not meant to be condemning, it's meant to be awareness, not condemnation. Because now we can do something about it, it becomes your invitation. Pick your reminder for you. The stool will not be guilt and shame in my kitchen, will not be frustration because I am not connecting with the people that I want to connect with. It is now my invitation to slow down and rest with God and with my people. My hope and prayer is that you can do the same thing this week. So the last thing is this. I had to come up with a definition of my own so that it would be meaningful. And this is what I came up with for me. You can borrow it or you can come up with your own. Rest is holy. It requires intentionality and work to separate us from the distractions of life so we can focus our entire being on connecting with God to be the very best version of ourselves possible. And I realize right now that I need to rewrite that. And if you borrow it, please rewrite it. Rest is holy and requires intentionality and work to separate me from the distraction of life so I can focus my entire being on connecting with God to be the very best version of myself possible because that's what God wants for us to live whole, healthy full, meaningful lives will you please play with me God we thank you for this time I thank you that we're able to come into your presence and take the weighty things Give them to you and trust that you are going to turn them around into an invitation to come. Because sometimes the hard things that we want to avoid, we want to escape, we want to isolate, we want to continue going and doing to avoid is actually what we need to stop so we can spend time hearing from you so we can learn From you, so we can move forward into the best that you have for us as the best version of ourselves possible. God, this is only possible with you. And so I pray this morning that we would take a moment just to reconnect with you. And if we haven't connected with you yet, if we haven't given you our lives and that's what you're asking, I pray for the courage to take that step. And if there are people that you put on our hearts and our minds that we need to connect with because they are our encouragers and our life builders, help us to send that text. If it is simply we need to get by ourselves and be quiet and have some solitude because we are so distracted, help us to be brave enough to shut everything off and give you that time. I pray this morning, Father, as heavy and as hard as it feels is actually an inspiration and an invitation that we take you up on. Help us to walk out of here wanting to connect with you on a consistent and regular basis because you are asking and inviting us to. Thank you that you love us just as we are. Thank you that our time with you is preparation. Thank you. simply just loving us we pray all these things in your name